Good morning. It is a delight to be with y'all here this morning on this Baptism Sunday, on this Pentecost Sunday. It's a delight to be with you here celebrating the work of the Holy Spirit in God's church, in our lives, and in the lives of these newest members of the body of Christ. Now, these two celebrations are linked, that of baptism and Pentecost are certainly no coincidence. Since the earliest days of the church, Christians have recognized that at baptism, at faith in Jesus, comes the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So in our service this morning, we saw just a few moments ago, Henry in London were what? They were sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism. The Holy Spirit is an integral part of that occasion. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and even the lives of these youngest Christians is essential to us as citizens of the kingdom of God. And so we've had a beautiful baptism with the power of the Holy Spirit that is complex in so many ways. We need to recognize that this isn't magic. This is not something God is doing. You know, we got to get the kid done. That's a mindset sometimes. This is not independent of faith. These two children have received the Holy Spirit. They have been baptized on the basis of the faithfulness of their parents and their godparents and their grandparents. Each of these children who have been baptized on the faith of someone very close to them, will one day grow up and have to own that faith for themselves. To confirm the promise given to them today, to confirm it as their own. Their own reception of Jesus Christ. Their own participation in the work of the Holy Spirit. But we recognize still that in baptism... And in the grace of coming to faith in Jesus, God is doing something. We don't always know how to explain it, but God is working. He's on the move. He's indwelling our hearts. And the something that God is doing, the grace He's pouring out on us, on these children who are baptized, will be made manifest through the work and power of the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit being Pentecost, and and on one aspect in particular, there's there's so many ways to, to get at the work of the Holy Spirit, but I want us to think about it this way this morning. Through the Holy Spirit, we are invited to relate to God in a new way. This is a new way of being in relationship with God. Now the reality is, all of us, are in a relationship with God. All of us, every single person in this room is in a relationship with God whether you want to be or not. You're relating to God somehow. And we're going to come back to that. But what we want to focus on is the fact that the Holy Spirit enables us to relate to God through God's grace. Through a free gift as opposed to either earning this relationship or ignoring this relationship, we are given a relationship. 
The Holy Spirit is a new way of relating to God that is not dependent on our own good works or our good behavior. Let's take a minute just to recall what is happening from our Acts passage this morning, right? So we're in Acts chapter 2. The disciples have been holed up in the upper room. They're probably a little afraid, and yet they've been with Jesus several times, and, and, and just ten days earlier, they had seen Him ascend into heaven. They saw Him go back to heaven where He was seated at the throne of God. And Jesus told them at that moment to wait for power from on high. And so that's what they're doing. They're waiting. They're in this room. The doors are locked and they're waiting. And then all of a sudden, a wind rushes through the room, right? And the Holy Spirit lights on their head like tongues of fire. And these men are driven out. I have no doubt that none of them made a conscious decision to leave the room. Nobody said, oh, here's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go out in the streets. They were compelled. They were driven. They had no choice but to be sent out into the streets of Jerusalem. And do you know what they found there? They found tons and tons of people. Think Saturday afternoon at the Azalea Festival, packed with people. The streets are full. This was a Jewish holiday, and there were pilgrims from all over the known world. All these pilgrims were in Jerusalem. And the disciples are forced out, and they're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're speaking languages that they don't know. These are a bunch of poor Galilean, for the most part, fishermen. And they're speaking languages that they've never heard before. And the people in the streets are hearing about Jesus. They're hearing about Jesus. And the disciples, especially Peter, they quickly realize what's going on. They, they think back to their Old Testament. And they know their prophets, and they know this prophecy from Joel. And so Peter stands up and he explains to them what's happening. This is a new age. This is a new era. And he reads to them from Joel. He probably didn't read it. He probably had it memorized. He said, you want to know what's happening? Why these men are acting the way they are? This is what's happening. This is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And Peter quotes, In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out My Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the great and awesome day of the Lord." And this is the most important verse. It shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a new era of salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the old era, the old way, 
salvation or, or membership in the people of God was marked by ethnic identity. Or perhaps it was marked by the covenant sign of circumcision for Jewish males. It was marked by the keeping of the law and the doing of the right things. But in the new era, salvation, membership in the kingdom of God is marked by faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit written on our hearts. That's what baptism is a sign and symbol of this morning. Faith in Christ and the Holy Spirit written on our hearts. Up until this point in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was, it was a very particular role. He was there. He's all over the pages of the Old Testament. But He's showing up and He's, he's there for particular people, not everyone. And He's there at particular times to accomplish particular tasks. But Ezekiel, the great prophet, he saw a time that was coming when the Holy Spirit would not just come on some people, but be written on the hearts of all who believe. Where the Holy Spirit would take hearts of cold stone and turn them into flesh. And then in this quote from Joel, Peter recognizes that the Holy Spirit is being poured out on all flesh. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This passage in Acts, friends, this coming of the Holy Spirit, it is marking a new era of God's grace. A new era where our identity as citizens of the kingdom of God is not dependent on what we do. It's not dependent on how we behave. But rather, our, our identity is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ and our participation in that work through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a new age of grace where our relationship with God is possible not because we're doing the right things and behaving the right way, but because our hearts have been changed. It's no longer about following the rules. It's about knowing the grace and love and mercy of God right here in our heart. And so as I said earlier, the reality is that all of us are in a relationship with God, whether we want to be or not. Now, without the Holy Spirit, there are two ways that we naturally relate to God. Two ways that they come easiest to us. And both of them have the same consequence. Um, the, first, the first way is, is, is very natural for us to relate to God in the old way. Sort of a transactional relationship. I'll, I'll do these things, God, and, and, and you do those things. I'll keep my half of the deal, you keep your half. And so we, we come to church every Sunday, maybe, or every other Sunday. Maybe we behave properly the way we're supposed to. Maybe we um, go to a Bible study every week and read our Bibles every morning and, and serve and do ministry. These are all good things. I'm not saying don't do these things. But if you're doing them to earn something from God, your heart will be stone cold. It remains cold to the work of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. If, if our lives are about earning it, then we're never going to be able to. 
And the consequence is this striving. We're relating to God in such a way that we have to prove ourselves to Him, right? And you're thinking, well, at the end of the day, as long as the good things I've done outweigh the bad things, then I'm good to go, right? It doesn't work that way. And you'll spend your life striving and straining and trying to prove yourself before the holiest of gods. So that's the first way that we naturally try to relate to God. Many of us in this room would fall into that category. We, we try to earn it. It just comes naturally to us. I'll do the right things and God will do His thing and we'll all be good. The second way that, that we naturally try to relate to God is by trying not to relate to Him. So rather than trying to earn it, we just try to ignore it. Ignore it altogether. And we go through life and ignoring God, ignoring His kingdom, ignoring His people, I'm just going to do my own thing and make my own way. I'm going to live my good life. For many of us, there might be an intentional turning away from God. But for most folks, I think the way they ignore it is simply to be apathetic. You haven't made an intentional decision one way or the other. You just shelve it away. You put it away. You don't pay any attention to it, this relationship with God. And still, just like the first way, our hearts remain cold. Cold to God, cold to the work of the Spirit because we've pushed them aside. We've ignored it. And the consequence is the same. So no, maybe you're not trying to prove yourself to God because you're too busy ignoring Him, but you are proving yourself to someone. You have to justify yourself to someone. And you, we spend our lives saying, I'm going to make it go my own way, but the way I want to go is, is to make sure I'm doing things that are acceptable in society or acceptable to my circle of friends or acceptable to the people I want to please and that I want to like me. And so in your heart, you know who you are and you know pain and suffering and doubt and despair, and yet you put up the facade because you have to show everybody else that you're okay. And all the while, God is over here in the corner, and you're exhausted because you're tired of proving yourself to this crazy, mixed-up world. So whether you're earning it or ignoring it, you're having to justify yourself and that will wear you out, and it won't work. If that's you, if you recognize yourself, if you think, okay, that, yeah, I'm in one of those categories, just ask yourself, how is it going for you? How's that working out? Because I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a new way, a new age of the Spirit, that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not all the people who do the right things, not all the people who make it through life on their own. No, everyone who has to do one thing, and that is call upon the name of the Lord. All who call upon Jesus, all who receive His Holy Spirit, all who are baptized into His kingdom, all of them will know the love and the grace and the mercy of God without qualification. There's no asterisk there. It's just there. It's a free gift for those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Which means no more proving, no more justifying, no more striving. Because the only one that matters is the Lord Jesus. And we have been marked by the Holy Spirit as His own. We're marked at His own. What a gift. And so rather than striving, 
we can rest in the love and the grace of God. How are you relating to God this morning? Are you earning it? Are you ignoring it? Or are you seeking the peace and the rest that can only be found in the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ? It's my prayer that you would know that kind of peace and relationship with God. That you would welcome this era of grace of the Holy Spirit into your hearts. That you might know, know the love and the mercy of our Savior Jesus.